64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello, and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor SF Walker. I am here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. And today we look at Secrets of Divine Love, a spiritual journey into the heart of Islam by A. Helva. In this video, we are reminded that the whole purpose of faith is not to be good enough before we begin on the path to God, but to come with all our deficiencies to God, knowing that only He can fill in our gaps through His mercy. We realize that what God calls us to do in His name is not based on our current ability, but on what is possible through our greatest God-given potential. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools I haven't used that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. Allow yourself to be drawn to whichever practices awaken and inspire your heart. There are, generally speaking, two major schools of thought within Islam. Sunni Muslims, who make up about 80 to 85 percent of the Muslims, and Shia Muslims, who are about 10 to 13 percent of the Muslim population worldwide, and a handful of other spiritual perspectives within Islam, many of which identify with Sufism. Although Sufi Muslims generally consider themselves either Sunni or Shia, they tend to focus on the inner dimensions of Islam. Nevertheless, the differences between Sunni and Shia are predominantly historical disagreements that trickled down over time into theological differences. There are countless veils between us and God, but there are no veils between Him and us. The veils we experience between us and God are often created from misperceptions formed during our childhood that resulted in a 
distorted vision of reality when something happens to us, good or bad. As human beings, we are inclined to frame that experience with an interpretation. How we interpret events in our life will reflect how we see our reality. Since our interpretations do come from us and are totally subjective, if they were changed, it would change how we saw the world and God. Our experience of the world has little to do with what happens to us and everything to do with how we subconsciously or consciously choose to interpret our experience. Abu Bakr said our inability to understand God is our understanding of God, our inability to comprehend God's infinite nature does not mean we cannot have a relationship with God. Rather, it means our experience of God begins through our admitting our ignorance before His all-encompassing knowledge. It is only from a place of humility that we can begin to experience a connection with God. Like the famous novelist Leo Tolstoy said, in War and Peace, all we can know is that we know nothing, and that is the height of human wisdom. It is only when we put our ego aside and see the limited nature of our intellect that we can begin to walk on the path of faith. Some linguists say that the word Allah is based on the word Waila, which translates to love that is so passionate and ecstatic that it completely transcends the senses. This implies that to know God, we have to surrender our minds, everything we are, and everything we know in exchange for love. Because self-surrender to divine love is the only path to God. Unlike the angels, we have been given the gift of not only knowing of love, but becoming it. Since Allah is origin of all love, to know Him, you must drown in the essence of love. As brilliant and as awe-inspiring as the discoveries of the science can be, they can only ever speak to how things work in our universe, while God addresses why things exist. Nonetheless, science can be seen as a great ally of faith, because the scientific method, which was pioneered by Muslim physicist Ibn al-Haytham, helps to unveil the power and wisdom of God that is hidden within the created world through the God-given intellect of man. However, the intellect of man can only go so far in the explaining the world we live in. The following quote beautifully articulates this notion. The first gulp from the glass of natural sciences will turn you into an atheist. But at the bottom of the glass, God is waiting for you. 
Werner Heisenberg, pioneer of quantum physics. The Quran states that belief in God has been placed in the heart of every single human being. You do not have to find God. You just have to be receptive to his truth, which an open mind, with an open mind and a humble heart. Sincere submission is the only path to God. If we seek God through arrogance, through thinking we are superior because of our knowledge, success, or wealth, we will not only be veiled from the signs of God, but we will find justification for our disbelief. This is because arrogance leads to spiritual blindness and creates separation and hierarchy. As a result, the arrogant cannot reach God because he can only be known through the door of oneness. It is not information in the form of words that results in belief, but rather the truth of faith is unveiled when we open the eyes of our heart through humility to the light of God, just as love cannot be seen or truly known, but it is undeniably felt. We can experience our Lord in places our mind could never travel or even comprehend. Seek out these placeless places where the unknown resides. Reflect upon the mysteries of life. Traveling to spaces with no familiar ground, venture into grounds where a worldly compass fails to lead you, walk into the quantum world where laws of science seemingly fail to work, and feel the vulnerability of your ignorance, lean into the divinity that is hidden within everything. You wander from room to room, hunting for the diamond necklace that is already around your neck, Rumi. It is not a surprise that in Arabic, the word for a human being is insan, which means, and many, many scholars suggest, is derived from the root word of nisyan, which means forgetfulness, and ansya, which means intimacy, to love, to be loved, and to become close to, at the very root of being human. We can see that we were not created to find God, but rather to remember and return to the intimate relationship we already have with Him. Our journey on earth is not just to God. It is from God, with God, and into love of God. Gratitude is not an emotion. It is more a state of... Uh, state of the mind and the heart, states of mind are different than emotions because they're like channels on a radio that we can't consciously choose to dial into when we are only thankful, when we get what we want, then our gratitude is a product of ego. True gratitude blossoms 
through the practice of praising the divine regardless of the outcome we desire. Sincere gratitude is birthed from the womb of humility. Because it is only when we truly believe that God is the best of planners that our gratefulness is no longer dependent on our outer circumstances, which constantly change. On a God who is unchanging and eternal. Even the existence of human being is like a coin that comes fashioned with two sides. On the one hand, the Quran says that you are made in the best of molds, fashioned with the breath of God's Spirit and chosen to be His representatives of mercy upon the earth. On the other hand, the Quran describes humankind as fragile creatures made of dust from the same earth they walk upon, anxious, forgetful, ungrateful, vulnerable to the bite of a fly, a nothingness in the face of God's eternal reality, a mortal that is passing away a breath at a time, inching toward a death that will arrive without warning. It is important that we strive for peace, not from a place of hatred, but from, from a place of love. We must first polish the mirror of our own heart before we can ever reflect the light of God's justice, mercy, and unity upon the rest of cre creation, similar to a mirror that rusts when it is not polished. The heart can become rusty when we are consumed and concerned with thoughts of self-management, fail to polish it with the remembrance of God. However, dropping our attention from our mind into our heart and surrendering to God is not easy. In fact, it has been said that the distance between our head and our heart is approximately 18 inches, but is arguably the longest journey we will spiritually ever take. The spiritual path does not deny the importance of the mind. But if the mind alone reigns over the body, the heart and the soul will become enslaved to the ego and its desires. However, when the divinely aligned heart is the king of the body and the mind is its servant, we live in peace and harmony. If saying God gave liberation Saying candy made your mouth sweet. Saying fire burnt your feet. Saying water quenched your thirst. Saying food banished hunger. The whole world would be free. Remembering God is more than just words on a thong. It is about actively tuning our consciousness towards the divine with intentional words that are followed by actions that actualize our intention. When we fully face God, we become like a holy mirror that contains the entire world within our love. After all, our journey here is not to just connect 
with the divine and worship. But once we do this, to return to the creation as a conduit and a reflection of God's unending love on earth. You are not just pottery fashioned from dust and water. You were sent to be God's eyes on earth. You were sent as a reflection of love and compassion for all of those with hurting hearts. You were sent to reflect God's mercy upon the entire universe. Do not live your life in reaction to what people have done to you, but live your life in gratitude for all that God has done for you. A traveler was wandering through a town searching for hope when he came across a crippled beggar, then an old woman getting beaten, and then a funeral of a baby. He fell into a spell of pain, distraught from the despair, famine, and destruction he witnessed. He ran out of town and into the vast silence of the desert and at night, and then screamed to God, Oh, why, God, why is there so much pain? Why is there so much oppression, so much injustice? Why don't you do something? The man was crying and he was punching the desert floor with his fists, crying over and over again. Why? Why don't you do something, Lord? Why is there so much war and cancer and hatred? Why must so many people starve themselves to sleep? Why must children be homeless? Oh God, why don't you do something? Why don't you quench the flames of our sadness? Why don't you bring the joy where hope is lost? Why don't you do something? Why don't you do something? The poor man dug his knuckles into the hot sand and screamed until he fell into an ecstatic state and heard the divine reply. I did do something. I created you. How could a finite human mind comprehend the speech of an infinite God. What could a limited being say about a limitless revelation? What could our subjective perception unveil about an absolute truth? A wealthy merchant invited a famous doctor and a sheikh to a dinner to ask them to help his sick daughter. The merchant asked Sheikh to pray for his daughter, and the Sheikh said, I will read a verse from the Quran from your daughter and ask my beloved Lord to heal her, leaving no trace of illness. The famous doctor interrupted the Sheikh by saying, Are you crazy? What is this nonsense? Science has advanced enough for us to know. Words don't heal people. Medicine heals people. In response, the sheikh screamed, You stupid man! What do you know about the healing power of God's words? The surprised doctor's face lit up in anger, and he screamed with a vengeance, How dare you call me stupid? The clever sheikh then said, Oh, please forgive me for calling you stupid. But did you notice how simple words made you insanely angry. 
If words from a stranger can make your eyes red, your heart beat fast in rage, your adrenaline spike, and your blood vessels constrict, making your blood pressure rise, then surely God's perfect words have the power to heal. <clears throat> Since the Quran is from Allah, its words are more mysterious and powerful than we can ever imagine. After all, it was God's speech that created us and everything else in existence. So it is reasonable to assume God's words can have a tangible effect on us. Be, and it is. Our our actions are our good litmus test of our realities of our internal state and vice versa. It is important to understand that our spiritual journey will have ups and downs, just as your breath goes in and out, in and out, and ocean waves rise and fall. Our faith goes through cycle. Every mountain is both a base camp and a summit, and as long as you are alive, your faith will have peaks and valleys. If your faith was never changing and constant, then you would have no reason to call upon God. In the Quran, Allah very clearly states that our faith will be tested. The 8th century spiritual master and the descendant of the Prophet, Imam Jafar al-Sadiq, taught his students that people worship God in one of three ways. The worship of a slave who worships God out of fear of punishment. The worship of a merchant who worships God seeking a reward. And the worship of a free who worship God out of love and gratitude, which is the best form of Worship. It is only when the worship of the divine out of love that our worship transforms our entire being. This is the station of Ibsan. If we do good deeds but have a rotten heart, we are in the state of hypocrisy. If we have a good heart but we do not do good actions, then we are in a state of illusion. The secret to having more time is not to rush, but rather slowing down in a mindful prayer, allowing the light of God to draw into its timeless presence. Angels are made of light, meaning they are in the present moment with their worship and praise of God. When we mindfully pray, we're both our bodies and our voices. We are mirroring the praise of the angels in the highest celestial realms. The more we humble our egos and turn away from the illusion of separation, the closer we get to unveiling the all-encompassing oneness of Allah. When we turn down the chaotic voices of the mind, turning into the gentle presence of God in the heart, we are better able to hear the continuous stream of God's guidance. This is why the soul of the prayer 
is said to be in the position of prostration because it is the only position in which the heart is elevated about above the mind reigning as the conscious king of the body when we prostrate the head is lower than the heart making blood and oxygen flow to the brain more effortlessly which research has indicated may help relieve stress and depression when we pray in direct contact with the earth as the prophets used to pray we are spiritually emotionally and physically being healed dozens of scientific studies have proven the benefits of grounding or having physical connection with the earth two frogs were hopping through the forest when they fell through the hole in the ground the hole was so deep that when a group of other frogs found them trying to jump out they started screaming you guys it's too deep it's too deep there's no way you can get out just give up trying so you can at least die in peace Hearing this, one of the frogs sat down and died from hopelessness. However, the other frog just kept jumping and pushing himself to get up. The other frog started yelling even louder, Give up! My friend, give up! There's no use! But the frog pushed even harder until suddenly a huge surge of energy pushed through him and he jumped out of the hole. All the frogs of the forest, forest were amazed. They hopped up to the frog who escaped and asked him what had motivated you to get out even when we were yelling at you to give up the frog said oh I am deaf and at that distance I couldn't read your lips so I thought you were encouraging me to get out words have power which is why Imam Ali says, speak only when your words are more beautiful than your silence. Sometimes the wildfires of pain do not just destroy what we love. They also unveil hidden seeds of beauty and strength within us that we never knew existed and were unable to manifest in conditions of ease. God sometimes tests us in order to break the shell of our hearts, creating the opportunity for us to manifest into a garden of faith. Just as an egg must be broken to bird for the bird to be hatched, sometimes God has to be breaking our hearts until the path to the light is open. The more we are reminded that our loved ones, our gifts, given to us by God, the less we will blame God when He does take them back. In the deepest sense, loss is when we give back to God what was never really ours in the first place. Having faith does not mean we do not mourn this loss. It means that despite our sadness, we place our hope in God's promise that death is not an end and that there will come a day when we will be reunited. The following practice helps remind us of what we truly value in life and calls us to live consciously. 
lay down on the ground with your hands overlapping on your stomach. Close your eyes and imagine that you are taking your final breath on earth of earthly life. Notice what comes up for you. Do you have any regrets in this moment? How do you wish you would have spent your time and your resources? What risks do you regret not taking? Is there something you wish you would have said to someone you love? How could you have showed up differently with your loved ones? What amends would you like to have made? What dreams would you have pursued? What would you have wanted to say to Allah? How could you have been closer to Allah? Do not search for heaven and hell in the future. Both are now present whenever we manage to love. Without expectations, calculations, negotiations, we are indeed in heaven. When we fight and hate, we are in hell. And there you have it. Secrets to the divine love. Please. Do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Leave a comment and share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read. Never stop learning. Especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out. What actually motivates you? What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior? And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.